0: This is 411 of the Doctor of Air, the Doctor of Podcast. My name is David, and I'm here with my life
1: today. Hello. Today we're going to talk about the final episode of Shout Yes, we have a, a recap of our cliffhanger, where the prisoners, the universal mind, is attacking, looking toward the Doctor. Um, the canine blasts the prisoner that's closest to the Doctor. And um, in the confusion melee, the uh, Krag, Krag, um picks K-9 up and throws him through the door. So the doctor takes this opportunity of distraction to grab Ramana and Claire and run out of the, out of the prison area they collect canine on the way and they get to professor's TARDIS and just go inside and close the door and the two girls sit on the little settee and just next to each other just very quiet and the doctor is trying to think he's trying to reason trying to think he's bemoaning the fact that Skagra has now started his universal mind um this collective consciousness—he could control anyone and everyone—and goes on and on. It's like, how am I gonna, you know, come up with something against that? And Ramana says, "May I remind you of something? He has all the minds that the sphere has taken, including yours. So he's um, right. I'm in there too. Now I can think. So." He's very happy with her, what she's told him, and he does a little ceremony and pins a little medal on her and um, then sets about trying to think of a way to defeat Skagra. Skagra, meanwhile, has set off in the um, carrier ship to distribute his spheres to populous areas around. The universe, I imagine, around wherever he is right now, um, in order to collect more minds to add to his collective, his think tank. Doctor Romana used the, are you going to use the Professor Tardis to generate a field around this Tardis that can use as kind of a snare for the other and he tells them exactly what to do um shows her some force field trickery has uh, Claire help with holding the switch down Romana's holding something else and um he has her disconnect the force field in one particular area over by the tea trolley and So he does this, she does this, he walks over to it and walks through this hole in the force field. Um, This force field has managed to snare his TARDIS, and the doctor tries to get out into this tunnel of force field to his TARDIS. Meanwhile, on this carrier ship, Skagra has realized there's something wrong with his collective, but he doesn't know what. The doctor tries to get into the TARDIS, um, but he manages to just hold on a little bit. Romana and Claire are trying to hold on. Uh, Romana has K9 take a look at the circuits, but the circuits are deteriorating and she has him trying to extend the life of them as long as he possibly can to give the doctor as much time as he can to get to the TARDIS um, the doctor can't quite make it there Claire can't hold the switch anymore because it's burning her and so Ramana says well hold it, well hold it down with something else, like a pencil so I haven't got one, well it, oh, she sees one on the table behind her and is reaching for it and she can't reach it so Claire goes to grab it for her and of course let's go over the switch the force field breaks and the TARDIS spin off from each other the doctor awakens in a small equipment room in his own TARDIS Skagra is not aware that the doctor is in the TARDIS on the carrier ship Romana and Claire Uh, K-9 has fixed some of the circuits and they're able to follow along towards the carrier ship. The doctor in uh, the equipment room finds bits and pieces and creates a helmet for protection and uh, for use against the prisoners. Romana and Claire in the Professor's TARDIS which is in the shape of just the door, rematerialize um, uh, on the command deck. The doctor sees K f- um, canine exit the door as he's watching from inside his own, and then he exits to, wearing his helmet, uh, finds Skagra and this mass of prisoners that he has uh, got on his side he switches on switches on the helmet and really stares at Skagra and then at the prisoners and the prisoners all turn to look at Skagra doctor says how his own mind was in the collective that Skagra has and so he his mind does not want this collective to happen and he's trying to turn the prisoners against Skagra. So Skagra and the doctor have a battle of the wills, essentially. there's temporary distraction by a crag, um, and the doctor loses a bit of control of the prisoners. But canine helps um, blast the crag. Prisoners separate into two groups, some following Skagra, some following the doctor. There are crags um, coming to join the fight by Skagra calling them. K-9 blasts one that um, falls uh, back and Skagra tries to get more coming from the Generation Annex. But um, this crag that K-9 has blasted falls into his own Generation Matrix generation that, I'm not sure exactly, is overheating and then it dissolves and uh, and is uh, no longer a threat to them in their mental fight. Romana cautiously uh, gets out of the Professor's and she and Claire enter the regenerate the generation annex they uh tip the containers of gases that uh generate the crags out onto the floor, and then she pulls the wires of the control separates them, and she and Claire each take one to other sides of the room. The doctor's more at a disadvantage now because there are crags um generating and and appearing. Skagra um, is commanding the crags and the prisoners, but then Romana and Claire put their wires that they're holding into the sea of gases on the floor um, which causes the crags to all disintegrate. Skagra realizes his mistakes and tries to make a run for it he gets to his ship and commands a ship to leave but the ship imprisons him and won't follow his direction the, skip, the ship now follows the doctor because of the doctor rewired the ship and she is very grateful and going on and on about this doctor and is, does he know him is he a friend of his and Skagra is just yelling to be let out of this prison cell. Ramon and Claire assist some of the prisoners that have fallen out of command from Skagra. The doctor dissects his fears so that he can return the minds to those of the prisoners and um, to those of the think tank and such. He tells them about... um, why everyone forgot about Shada was because Selyavin made them forget, made the Time Lords forget, and then stole the book that would tell them to how to remember, and took it with him when he left, when he escaped, and um, so then they'll be returned to Shada. Meanwhile, back on campus, Wilkins. Is bringing a policeman around, and he tells him that the room was stolen. He says, "I know it sounds strange, but I was not drinking. I, it was a normal day. It was just blue. There's no nothing beyond the door. The room is gone." Romana then wonders um, to the doctor if the professor was still alive in Shada. So they head back the policeman knocks on the door and we hear the doctor say come in and the room is back the doctor romana claire chris and professor are all uh, having a reading and having tea um the policeman is a little confused and is saying how they sure it was probably quite some party with the drinking and um running around and stealing policemen's helmets and bollards and he looks and says and whose police box is that and the doctor says oh it's mine and uh, he gets up to, to leave with Ramana and they walk into the TARDIS and say that we'll keep your secret to the professor and dematerialize and the cop wants to then know um, wants him to go down to the station to ask him questions you know and the professor looks at him and simply just says what police box because now it's gone and uh in the tardis the doctor and romana talk about Sally Avon and she wonders was that really the great criminal Sally Avon because um the professor was such a nice old man and the doctor says but, you know, maybe someday people will say that to her at some point. You know, was that really the doctor? Because he seemed like such a nice old man, and we end.
0: Because this one was the most incomplete. I really had a hard time keeping track of everything that was happening.
1: Yeah, and I realized. That, I mean, you seem to realize it. So was I. So a couple times we had to stop the relation of what was happening so I could catch up with what was supposed to be happening. Mm -hmm. Since um, to tell the story is faster than to watch the story. So I got lost a couple times. Um, Yeah, there's really, I think, even less of this one.
0: Yes, The last couple have,
1: have really been sparse in actual scenes Um the, i guess, do you have any problems with the, the technological things you're doing? What do you mean the they set up some force field that was able to oh. track and find capture the tardis so this and then the doctor had her turn off this force field in one little slice so that he could walk through it
0: no i had problems with that but i think i had to do something
1: yeah and then tried to get to his own tardis and then the whole switch thing which i had terrible problem with because um you know claire's having she only has one job hold down the switch hold down the switch. They tell her that so many times. Romana even, she starts to let go and Romana even yells at her. Hold that switch down as the doctor walks into the the split in the force field. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, it's burning. I can't hold it much longer. Well, hold it with something else then. Well, I don't have anything else. Well, he'll use a pencil. I don't have one. So, she, Ramana, then there's a the whole, the scene of Romana trying to reach for it. Of course, it's out of her reach by like three inches. Yeah. Though when, Claire, let's go of the switch she's supposed to be holding to get something to hold the switch down with. I just, like, lost it. Really? (laughs) I thought she was supposed to be a a fairly intelligent university student working in a lab and all, and...
0: Yeah, but I think a lot of the things that have happened in this episode have proven that she's not.
1: No. Like I mentioned before we started, that that bit just really had thrown me... And the fact that the one other time in the last episode, the Sally even does, though, so, his little mind trick to give her the information he needs her to have, and tells, starts by telling her, don't tell, ever, ever, ever tell anybody I did this. She tells the first person she sees, Chris. hmm There's this weird thing about the professor. So, really? Is she just supposed to be the silly co-ed or something? College co-ed?
0: To be honest, I'm not sure what purpose she serves in the story. Yeah. Comic relief, apparently. But Yeah. I think that was sort of unintentional.
1: Trouble is, I don't find that funny. No. (laughs) There's just, oh my god. let go of the switch when she's supposed to be holding the switch you know I don't know it was really difficult I really liked the idea oh we can talk about that a little more when we get after the specifics of the episode um uh it was really difficult not being able to see this helmet that the doctor makes to I guess Mm -hmm. to shield his Mind from yeah. Skagra and be able to control the others. I have a feeling it was probably not going to be looking very good. It was um, probably terrible. Probably terrible, yeah. I had in mind something like the the Roboman helmets that they had them wear in the Dalek Invasion of Earth. You know, weird old mm, things yeah. made of uh, scrap metal and tubing and, and stuff like that for them to be controlled by the Daleks um, <clears throat> that probably came to mind more uh, specifically because we were watching some of the special uh, mm-hmm. features and special uh, programming for that came with the desk here and I saw some of the Robo men but uh, yeah it probably was terrible But it was probably meant to be terrible because he found it, made it from spare parts in the equipment room of the TARDIS. But it's still, and and that's a very Doctor Who thing for him to do. You know, how sensical it is, I don't know. But it's something we, um, we've seen a couple times. I think we've seen once or twice that he has, although he's. He's been able to whip up just the specific thing that he needs from the TARDIS stuff uh, and have like a complete hyperspace gun from Stones of Blood and that type of thing um, before. Um, But to have just junk pieces assembled to to create what he needs, um, I think we saw last in the Third Doctor's Time. He makes some little spinny thing out of um, junk that he finds on the table, and makes it move or something like that. But uh, so it probably would have looked uh, as we imagine it.
0: <laughs> probably. <laughs>
1: probably terrible, but it still would have been interesting to, to see and to uh, it, the, the the deal with the crags. We never really. I don't think we ever really know what the connection is between them and Skagra.
0: No. Well, if we do, it's not well explained here.
1: It's like his fighting force.
0: Yeah, but where did they come from?
1: Yeah, are they from the same planet? Or, or, you know... uh, Is it like a make-your-own-monster kit? Like this might as well be um, electro um, control and these gases that uh, in these tubs that they seem to form themselves out of and generate themselves so it's like, you know one of those Saturday morning cartoon um, labs toys that you could buy mm. you know mm-hmm. the Monster labs Make these creepy crawly things at it, gummy creepy crawlies and that type of thing. Or, um, hey, new from Play-Doh <laughs> It's the Crag Factory. Have a little scale attachment to make the little um, geometric plates and fasten them together to make, you know. <laughs> So maybe they're like mail-order monsters that Skager got yeah. to help him in his quest of the universal mind.
0: They're like sea monkeys. You have to put have to the formula together.
1: You have to grow them in a tank. <laughs> yeah, like worst sea monkeys ever. Or are they? <laughs> uh... huh. But yeah, I, I am curious about that. We never really get that. Um, kind of would have liked to have had a little more information about Salyavin.
0: Oh, like what?
1: I don't know. I guess I want to know. Wanted to know more about why he's this master criminal, but that the but that the doctor seems to idolize. What did he like about him? You know what did he do you know what was appealing Um, it's good to see that or good to learn that the the doctor can (laughs) instead of reversing the sphere's polarity he at least you know dissects the spheres to remove the minds they've stolen and return them I guess but, um this kind of, does kind of have the reverse polarity feel there but he is reversing the bad the theft that's that mm-hmm. Skogrid uh perpetrated so you know cleaning up the mess and that type of thing but it's nice that they get their their minds back So Chris is back at the end, and um, Professor. And then Wilkins is trying to tell them about the stolen room. That was a little bit... Well, it seems strange that he would go to the commonplace police, about a stolen room, when he seems to have the... A knowledge of other strange things, you know, have this basis of strange happenings, Mm -hmm. like the fact that the doctor has, you know, come and visited every time, and every time asks where Cronotus' office is, that type of thing. Right. And, uh, so he's no stranger to the, say, paranormal of this surrounding Cronotus. Yeah. Or surrounding for anyway uh, but yet he, he gets a cop to, to come investigate a stolen room <laughs> I'm sure that was just for comic relief and effect yeah to show that they were all back in time of course and to make fool of the police officer and It was kind of funny how the police officer turned it into, oh, it was probably a really big, wild college party then. You know, stealing officers' helmets, ballards, and all these other things that they, I'm sure they knew college kids did then, you know. Right. Um, Didn't they especially do it at Cambridge? And make a point of it, and saying, talking about it with the Monty Python, about their their Cambridge days, him and. They might and have. And but I don't uh, remember that. Graham Chapman and John Cleese. Um. Anyway, uh, in police boxes, he says as he sees the TARDIS in the corner. You know, like they could get the police box through the door, but you know, it's that part's lost on the constable. He's just like, and how did you steal? You know, and who stole that? You know. What have you got?
0: Well, one thing we didn't really talk about is when Kronotis' office disappeared, mm-hmm. why did it put a blue force field up? Shouldn't it have just been the empty spot where the TARDIS was occupying?
1: Or shouldn't it just be just a different room?
0: That's what I mean. A
1: smaller room? That's what I mean. Yeah the office of, you know, normal office size, like um, if anyone's had a college professor and you go to their office hours, it's, you know, like the size of a large closet, you <laughs> know, desk and chair yeah. and one other chair, maybe, you know.
0: Large is questionable. Yeah. Large closet, you said. Oh,
1: okay. okay. Closet. Um. but yeah and you would think it would revert to whatever was occupying that space before he parked his TARDIS there right yeah
0: Yeah, so I've never understood why it was a blue force field
1: yeah because it could have made it to be such a different room that Watkins Wilkins would have noticed it just being so different that the regular room is gone.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like have it be that closet that obviously doesn't have a second room like this one did, a little kitchen room, um, No walls of books and or such. You know, make mm-hmm. it sufficiently smaller that he would question. Okay, where did all the space go? Where did this other room go? He still could have done that. I don't know.
0: I guess it must have just been to make it extremely obvious that the room had disappeared and it wasn't where it was supposed to be anymore. True. It still seems strange that they went to that extent. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. To me.
1: Well, and the other Tartars that we've seen so far, which is really only the Masters and the monks, um, have not been in place of a place. Right. They've been something within a room, and then it's just gone. Like the computer bank or the telephone box or Mm -hmm. the pillar whatever the carnival van or carnival lorry at one point when we meet the the master Um, the cabinet you know under the altar or wherever that was um, in the monastery for the meddling monk Um, yeah they've not been in actual place themselves Maybe it has something to do with that, but I think our I think your idea like, makes better sense. That it would just show what was there before, yeah. it, whatever's lined it around or in place of, or in, or in.
0: Yeah, this always seems strange to me.
1: I just wanted to use that glowy blue screen Uh, to show it I guess there weren't a lot of effects at least not ones we could see anyway well that's just because they didn't finish them all yeah there was a little mirror lawn that we haven't seen for a while uh, to show the shimmery movie moving kind of effect of the force field within the the TARDIS the doctor was having Romana and uh, Claire hold on to. Um, which wasn't bad, but. And then there's a little, like, fade where the doctor walks through the stitch in the force field, I guess, whatever it is. Through the
0: obvious join and the uh, images.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and then there was the force field itself. Which is big, neon colored, I mean, bright colored tunnel showing part of the university room and then the police oh, box. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, you mean the police box with the little stem on it where it was attached to the spinning pole that you could see?
1: <laughs>
0: they obviously didn't spend a lot of time on that special effect.
1: Yeah. And then in the center of the tunnel there you see the doctor's face as he stepped through like which makes little sense but it wouldn't have been better to show him walking across from one TARDIS to the next like it was on solid ground so I don't know that there's going to be a way they were going to do that very well right Else? No. So, overall, did you, did you like the story? For the yeah. most part, I like
0: the story. Uh, I think my real problem is, like usual with Douglas Adams, I think it's just a little too jokey sometimes. I say Douglas Adams, but it's probably equally Tom Baker and his contributions to the unscripted contributions.
1: Yeah. Sometimes they have been really good, but um, not so much in this one. But, oh well. Uh, I think it was funny that the force field that uh, he tells Ramona to um, break the force field in one particular spot. He says, "Right there, um, behind the tea trolley," and uh, notes said that. In the script, I think it says, he says, behind the sofa.
0: Something like that, yeah.
1: Which I think would be much more fitting, considering they say how True. many kids watched Doctor Who from behind the sofa. In fact, the exhibit, was it the exhibit mm-hmm. they were?
0: That Tom Baker that Tom Baker standing Baker is in at is, his voiceover bits.
1: Yeah, it's called Behind the Sofa. And the, in fact, the special we watched, many of the people that were being uh, interviewed about when they watched Doctor Who were sitting behind a sofa relating their story, so. I think that's been a nice acknowledgement, I think, at the time, to have it in the show.
0: Mm. You don't think something like that is just a little too... uh over the top
1: well I think the fact that we know that in this version he's at an exhibit
0: called that I thought you meant in the episode itself well I did oh okay
1: but I mean it, it may seem like too much because we know he's at an exhibit called that
0: no I'm thinking it would be too much because it's making reference to something not in the show Oh. but to how people refer to the show occasionally
1: yeah, but the reference is different to what is, how the reference is used in real life. I just thought it might be a, an interesting nod to it. But otherwise, I, I like the story. Um, like I said, I was more curious to just know more about Sally even and stuff probably just because he's another Time Lord. I don't know exactly, but um, I think the idea is interesting to find to have a story about another Time Lord um, who escaped Gallifrey, not only Gallifrey, but Gallifrey in prison, um, as it turns out, mm-hmm. and how so he's brought these books from Gallifrey and they may be dangerous and then we learn, out wha- learn why they're dangerous and who he really is. And so Doctors idolized this master criminal and then finds out that he's been friends with him all along. So, so I did like the, the underlying idea of the story.
0: Yeah. And I think They got some of the imagery correct for the story. You know, it's a very cool idea that the doctor's study essentially is his TARDIS. Yeah. That he's, you know, living in his TARDIS in the rooms.
1: Yeah. I really did like the professor. Mm Mm-hmm. Or Sally even.
0: Yeah, the guy they got to play him did a really good job. Yeah. Making him sympathetic and all that.
1: Yeah. It was it was that was getting
0: kind of that. Anything else? No, I don't think so.
1: Do you think they should have bothered?
0: I think it's, I, yes, but only because it's interesting historically. Because it's the last Douglas Adams story. It's would have been the last um, episodes for a number of people as far as the production crew. Right, right. Because this was the last episode of the season, and a number of them were moving on to other things. Right. So in that respect, yes. That's true. Do I think it's an important episode, really? No. It's, I mean, we lived without it for years.
1: Right. Um, why do you think Douglas Adams didn't really want this to happen so much?
0: Well, the production notes said that it's not one of his favorites,
1: mm.
0: and i don't I don't entirely understand why it's not a bad episode, yeah, it's not stellar, but it's not that bad.,
1: well, you had mentioned that his characters and some of his ideas come from here directly into some of his other works
0: well one of them yeah
1: yeah do you think maybe that's why he didn't want this to be made
0: no he well, knows
1: he he took many maybe. things right from it thinking it was never going to be made so I was like well i'll use this material again and this other thing that i have thinking i'm i'm going to work on and go on with um so he didn't want this to come up necessarily it could be Because maybe he thought those ideas worked better in what he later used them in. And so just thought that might be best not to. Well, there was one other thing I was going to say about our ending. This is not a cliffhanger. We didn't really talk much about the ending, ending. But, you know, when, as I said before, when Romana says to the doctor would you think that was really Sally Avon because the professor Cronotus was such a nice old man it just harks back to her first episode ever that Unstuff was a crook but he had such an open on his face like have you learned nothing yeah no. <laughs> that old na- naivete of Um, being the younger time lord I guess who just doesn't want to believe that he was his master criminal I guess he seemed like such a nice old man it just made me think right away of an open honest Mm (laughs) face so I guess that just shows her uh, her enduring faith in others maybe. maybe you could take it as that So where do we go next?
0: Well, our next story is, I believe, The Leisure Hive.
1: Okay.
0: Let me just double check here, but I believe it's, yep, it's The Leisure Hive. So that's what we will talk about tomorrow. Okay, cool. Anything else?
1: I know I've heard the title, but I don't... I think I remember much about this one.
0: To be honest, I, I don't, don't either.
1: Not sure I've seen it.
0: This one and and Meglos are the next two, and I don't remember Leisure Hive very well at all. And I don't remember. I don't think I've ever seen Meglos.
1: Well, that sounds like a good deal.
0: Yep. And that Leisure Hive is actually the first episode of Tom Baker's last season. Yeah. So we're sliding into the Fifth Doctor now. We're in the home stretch. Yeah. So I hope you join us tomorrow when we talk about the Leisure Hive, the first part of the Leisure Hive. So I hope you join us then, and thank you for listening.